Thank you. Good morning. Um, can I just ask you, please, can we all just get up? Um, I just want us to start hailing the King of Kings. Okay, so a lot of yesterday was about hailing, you know, the King. But I just want you to just shout out to God and just praise Him and just thank Him for life for this morning. Father, we thank you. Father, we give you praise. I hail you as king over our lives. Thank you, Father, for all you do for us. We give you praise. We give you praise. We give you praise. And we give you praise. We give you praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. I hope I'm going to give you a bit of the, you know, the Nigerian flair. You know, this, this morning I was told to be free. And where there's, you know, where there's the spirit of the Lord, there is freedom. So I, I, I'm going to take that. The first thing I'm going to say is, Alan, I brought my Bible. Because last week, Alan said we needed our Bible to get to heaven, right? So I got it in there, kind of in there. Um, so, um, you know, thank you so much. I want to thank the elders for this opportunity. I, I really am grateful to God and to you, giving me the opportunity to come here and, and share with you right now. Okay, so... Um, I also want to thank Kunli. He's my sounding board. He's my support. Um, I want to thank my NCOM uh, members. Um, that's, that's kind of a plug-in for NCOM if you're not in one. They've been a great um, support. They've been praying leading up to this. I know others have been praying as well. You know, I've gotten messages, you know, people telling me they're going to be praying. So, and, I, and I also thank God for the prayer this morning. So I thank everyone, you know, who's prayed kind of leading up to this. Now, today being International Sunday and the King's Coronation Weekend, I figured, you know, it couldn't be anything else but the King of Kings. You know, so when Ian came and kind of talked about that and it was the Coronation Weekend, I, I decided, you know, that I will talk about the King of Kings. But before I, I start, you know, with the King of Kings, I will talk about some earthly kings, really, you know, and obviously they pale in comparison um, to, the, to the king of kings. But before I actually go into the message, what I want to do, first of all, is give you a quick introduction about myself and maybe start with a quiz. So can anyone, uh, I come from Nigeria, that's the first thing to say. Can anyone spot maybe the Nigerian flag in the room? Can anyone spot that? Uh, no, it's not that way, I can tell you. <laughs> Yes, it's the green, white, green one over there. That is the Nigerian flag. Um, and it's such a delight. I mean, you know, to obviously when we, we walked in and, and we kind of see that and we see all the other flags from the nations. He's the king of kings. He's the king of all, of all nations. And I think that will come across um, as I kind of go ahead today. All right. So I said I would give you um, a bit of an introduction about myself. And... Um, um, you know, as I said, I come from Nigeria, but I've actually lived in four different continents. So a bit of an international, maybe, introduction kind of to that. So I was born in Lagos. Uh, I'm not sure which way I should be looking. I was born in Lagos. So that's a tiny one you can see there kind of in Nigeria. Um, came to the UK to study. Met Ade Kunle. Um, shortly after our wedding, we moved to Singapore. Uh, and I, okay, sorry, that says Malaysia because somehow Singapore isn't on that on that map, so there you go, um, kind of close and there. All our three kids were born in, uh, in Singapore. And then in 2018, I moved to Melbourne for work. Um, family's still kind of in Singapore. It's about a seven-hour flight, so I could make a night one kind of in there. In 2020, sorry, that shouldn't quite be right. All right, in 2020, 
um, we, the whole family, moved to the UK. We joined Emmanuel Church. Um, Kuli and I became members in 2021, and we have found Emmanuel Church to be a place of safety. We have found it to be a place where we can worship, you know, from different, we all come from different, you know, places. Most of you obviously from here, but, you know, we come from different places, and it's just been a delight just to be able to serve God, you know, worship God in a loving um, community. Um, you know, so Kuli and I are involved in the kids church. So, sorry, in the kids church. So, you know, we really, we really do love it, Emmanuel, and we thank God um, for Emmanuel Church. Now, um, the first king I'm going to talk about uh, actually is a king from Nigeria. So, as I said, to give you a bit of a roadmap, I will talk about a few kings, earthly kings first, and then I will talk about the king of kings, the king of all nations. So, I'm going to start actually from a king in Nigeria. Um, and I thought it would be good to give you a little bit, maybe just a bit of geography, maybe, background about Nigeria here. So we have more than 250 ethnic groups and over 525 different languages in Nigeria. The major ethnic ones you probably know, the Hausas up in the north, the, the Igbos kind of in the southwest, and then the Yorubas in, sorry, the Yorubas in the southwest and the Igbos kind of in the southeast. But those are the main ones, but there are tons uh, you know, of other kind of um, ethnic groups that we have in, in Nigeria. And the reason I kind of bring that here is that different ethnic groups have different recognized rulers. And remember, I'm talking about an ethnic king somewhere in Nigeria. And um, I am of the Yoruba ethnic group, and we call our traditional rulers, we call them Obas, okay? And Oba means king. So I'm going to be talking about an Oba in the southwestern part of Nigeria, actually um, from... Um, Ogun State. So I'm not sure if my clickers. Oh, there you go. So from Ogun State, that's where uh, that king I'm going to be talking about comes from. And in particular, um, it, he, he, it's in Ogun State, but the town is in Owuikija. And I've just given you some, you know, information about that term, the population, and all the things kind of in there. To put it in a bit of uh, context, what typically would happen is you would have a paramount oba or obas, and then you would have a number of other obas that are enthroned to govern certain towns. And I'm going to be telling you about one Oba that kind of was enthroned to, to govern a town in Ogun State, in uh, Owikija. And um, that Oba, that's the Oba there. His name is Oba Adenuga Omoyele Odebumi. And if you want to know what that means, you can come to me after the service. <laughs> I'll tell you what that means. He's the Olowu of Owuijebu, okay? And um, his title actually also says, Atun Lute one. And I can tell you what Atun Lute means. It means one who reestablishes a town. So that is, you know, really more um, kind of about this, this Oba. Now, that Oba was actually my grandfather. Um, <laughs> and, um, you know, I have very fond memories of obviously going from Lagos to visit him, the treats, you know, being in his palace and just spending time um, with him. Uh, I've just put two pictures up there. The first one, oops, sorry. The first one is actually of him. So that was in Brighton in 1980, probably a few months after the church kind of started in there. And that is my grandfather up there. That little girl, uh, hopefully she's smiling. That's me in that picture there. Um, and the other picture was my grandfather again, 
I guess you can, so, you can spot that. That's Colleen and I's kind of wedding. And we're flanked really by my, by my parents kind of in there. So, so I guess you say, why did she bring this over? Really, because he's my grandfather. <laughs> you know, it was just, just a chance kind of to bring it in there. You know, he, he did, you know, I mean, his, he, I guess what he tried to do was to unite his people, you know, his settled districts and all that. He was a member of the Ijebu traditional council kind of a rulers. And he would take part in the coronation pro- pro- uh, process of other robbers from the Owu kingdom. All right. So his township, there were a lot of other, other kings that kind of came from the Owu kingdom. So that's a little bit about, um, about a king in, from Nigeria. He's the king of all nations, right? Um, so, and then the, 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 the next, well, queen, I would say, is obviously, you know, Queen Elizabeth um, II, which I don't have to put pictures and tell you a lot about, uh, right? Just that, of course, apart from her being the monarch of the UK, you know, she's also the monarch of the Commonwealth realms, and then she's also head of the Commonwealth of Nations. And obviously, Nigeria, you know, is one of, uh, is, is part of the Commonwealth of Nations. My brother-in-law called us yesterday, and he was like, we, we obviously have Monday off. And then he said, we don't get Monday off. And we're thinking, I said, well, she's head of Commonwealth, right? So we should get Monday off as well. But, um, uh, and, you know, thinking about um, the Queen Elizabeth, um, when I was at Buckingham University in 1996, we were told the Queen was coming to visit. You can imagine, at that time, the late Prime Minister, Margaret Thatcher, was the Chancellor of my university. You can imagine the excitement, and it gets more interesting. I was a, um, a, what you call a residential assistant, basically the link between the residence where I was living and the university. And we were told that as a residence, your residential assistant, we were going to meet the Cape Queen. I tell you, I was really excited. I remember going to Max and Spencer's and Milton King's and buying the bag and the shoes that was fit, you know, for, for, for a trip to the king. I know that I would have practiced my courtesy. Oh, sorry. That's wrong. It's this way, isn't it? <laughs> You know, and all the things you hear about, you don't approach her first and, you know, all that kind of a thing in there. But alas, I didn't get to meet the queen, no. <laughs> you can see there, you know, those were some of the students who kind of got to meet the queen. And it was, even when I was just preparing for this message, I went back and I was secretly hoping maybe a picture will, you know, surface somewhere, you know. But no, it didn't, you know. But I mean, you know what the beauty of it is? I can meet with the king of kings at any time. You know, I don't have to kind of be invited or anything. I can just go to him and I can talk to him. And that's such, you know, a great thing that kind of trumps, obviously, me. Um, uh, the, the queen. Uh, I just put maybe pictures really of her, coron- um, her coronation and other pictures there. Really, what I'm just trying to show here is, our, you know, a very fine, a very limited mind, having a sense of when we talk about the king of kings and we think about his sector of righteousness and we think of the crown. Revelation tells us he has, 19 says he has many crowns. You know, when we talk about his robe that fills the temple. So nothing at all, but just gives you an idea, just an illusion, a, a, just a you know, glimpse into maybe what it is, you know, when we're talking about um, the, the king of kings. Um, now, upon her death, right, the, you know, the, the, I remember, you know, in the news, one of the things, obviously, that came up, apart from her service to her country um, and, and to the Commonwealth and others, was her faith in Jesus. Um, in particular, you know, we would see from her Christmas, Christmas broadcast, she, you know, a display kind of her faith. And I put maybe two there, but the first one there, you know, was really where she said, the teachings of Christ and my personal accountability provide a framework in which I try to live my life. And she takes comfort, like a lot of us, she takes comfort from Christ's words and Christ's example. Um, In 2022, 
um, she, you know, she talked about how she relied on her faith to guide her through life, how she tries to do what is right, you know, how she puts her trust in God. And she drew strength at the end there from the hope of the message in the Christian gospel. And we know that that message is Jesus Christ. And because we have Jesus Christ, we have a blessed assurance. Um, in 2012, you know, the Guardian reported that she had done more for charity than any monarch in history. You know, so she really did, you know, kind of give to the poor and, and did all that. There were also reports, you know, um, obviously of Britain's legacy of um, colonialism, um, you know, at the time as well. Um, looking back, actually, I found that most of the reports I could find were in foreign papers <laughs> kind of in there. But obviously, they, you know, there were talk and there were things around that area. I think what I'm really just trying to get out in summary is that, you know, Queen Elizabeth, yes, she trusted in God. Yes, her reign was influential. But, you know, it, her reign also showed her humanness and the fact that she is mortal you know, uh, and, and, and really can really get it all, can do it all, you know, like like the way that our God, you know, who is forever on the throne, seated forever, kind of can do. Now, like everyone, I know, I know not everyone necessarily watched, you know, the coronation yesterday, but for those who did, you know, we witnessed, you know, the coronation of the king. My favorite part of the service, actually, was when Samuel Strachan, you know, the choir boy, goes up to him and says, Your Majesty... As children of the kingdom of God, we welcome you in the name of the king of kings. And I shouted with Conley, I said, hallelujah. And what did King Charles say? He said, in his name and after his example, I come not to be served, but to serve. And there were, for those of you who watched it, there were so many aspects of that, of the, of the service which really excited me as a child of God. Even people who didn't believe, you know, coming up and declaring. And thousands were watching. So, you know, I mean, you know, whatever we say, it was a chance to kind of reaffirm and to hold firm to, you know, that promise that we have. He is a good God. He is the King of Kings. And even when the King, you know, the King was being coronated yesterday, all glory and every Glory was ascribed to the King of Kings. And for that, we are grateful. All right. So, um, you know, um, really, I'm not going to say anything more about King Charles, because obviously, you, you know, you saw a lot of that yesterday, and he's just at the start of his reign. But what I do then want to go now is to a king in the Bible. And now, so then, obviously, we've, you know, we've gone past Nigeria, we've gone past kind of the UK and all that, and then where were we now? We're kind of in, in Judah, <laughs> you know, uh, in there. And I'm still on this theme of mortality, and the human nature of earthly kings. Uh, and I want us to look at the life of King Uzziah. So if you, if you look at Second Chronicles, he was 16 years of old when he, he, re- he started reigning and he ruled. The Bible says he ruled for 52 years. He says he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. And I think the part I really like was verse 5 that says, He sought God during the days of Zechariah, who instructed him in the fear of God, as long as he sought the Lord. He was successful. Now, King Uzziah, he won many battles and he became very powerful. And if you want to read about the accounts of some of the things he did, you can find that in verses 6 to 15. But just to give you an idea, he went to war with, you know, the Philistines. He kind of rebuilds kind of Ashdod. He rebuilds other towns. He had a well-trained army. He provided weapons of war for them, okay? What are the weapons of war I'm talking about? Shields and spears, 
you know, helmets, um, you know, uh, and a sling stone for his entire army, which was quite large. He built towers in Jerusalem, you know, at the corner gates. He actually prov- he gave devices to what I, looking at it, look, he had snipers on the towers, kind of ready to sort of, you know, deal with kind of the enemies that were coming in there, and he provided for them. But the Bible goes on to say in verse, um, I think that's actually verse 6 in, in, in there, um, the Bible goes on to say that, but, but sorry, 16, that's actually 16. But after Uzziah became powerful, his pride led to his downfall. He was unfaithful to the Lord his God, and he entered the temple of the Lord to burn incense on the altar of incense. Um, so he wanted, it's interesting because the Bible tells us at the beginning that he sought instruction, you know, and he, he, he kind of followed that instruction. And as long as he did that, but in this instance, you know, he, his pride, pride had come in there now. And he wanted to do something that was set aside kind of for the, for the priests. Um, and obviously, you know, um, you know, the priests went, the high priest and all this went and said, this isn't something you should be doing. This is something that's for the priests. He wouldn't listen. He was very angry. And the Bible says he was struck with leprosy. And at that point, he realized as well, oh, well, Okay, this is really, you know, and obviously was ushered out. And I think, you know, um, what then really became of Uzziah was the fact that he had to live in a separate house and he was banned from the temple of the Lord and he died a leper. So remember how I said it, a very powerful king, a very wise king, and then his end, at the end of it, he kind of died a leper. And if we then go on, interestingly... You see in Isaiah, sorry, that, that, those parts of it are, are not very clear in there, but it's Isaiah 6. Um, Isaiah 6, it says, in the year that King Uzziah died. So we've just heard a little bit about King Uzziah now. Isaiah says, I saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the throne of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings, they covered their face. With two, they covered their feet. And with two, they were flying. And they were calling to one another. And this is something we've done in worship so far in here. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. Now, what I want you to notice here, because we're going to get to it later, is that Isaiah says, in the year he died, I saw the Lord. And the Lord there you can see is L, small letter, O-R-D. And then when you go down here, he goes on to say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. So there are two kind of references to Lord that we can see there in, the, in Isaiah um, 6, verses 1 to 3. Um, quoting from David Guzik's uh, commentary on Isaiah 6, he says, to say in the king." In the year King Uzziah died is to say a lot. It is to say in the year a great and wise king died. But it's also to say in the year a great and wise king who had a tragic end died. He goes on to say Isaiah had great reason. He had great reason to be discouraged and disillusioned at the death of King Uzziah. Because a great king had passed away. And because, you know, the way his life kind of, you know, ended in that way. And it's very, it's, it's, you can then say, look, where was the Lord in all of this, you know? But what does the Bible tell us there? He says the Lord is high and exalted, sitting on the throne. 
you know, so no matter what is going on, it's like he's saying to God, he might be saying to us, okay, Isaiah, King Uzziah is dead, but guess what? I am on the throne. I am in control of the affairs of humankind, of creation. I get it. I know what's going on. I'm exalted far above everything. And, you know, that, and I think when we see that, it's an encouragement for us to know that whatever we are going through, the Lord is seated on the throne. He is enthroned. He's in charge of our lives, and he will make a way. And just as he said to Isaiah at that time that Uzziah may not be on the throne, but I am on the throne, I want you to hold on to that, you know, and no matter what you're going through, remember that God is enthroned. And he cares for you, and he rules in the affairs of man. So, yes, I think there might have been something at a point where it's like a question is, why? Why is this going on? No, he is the God on the throne. He's the one in control. And this nicely leads me to King Jesus. Um, And I want to read Hebrews 1, verses 1 to 4, and then very quickly talk about um, 8 to 9. And Hebrews 1, 4 says, In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom he also made the universe. The Son is the radiance of God's glory, the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven, so he became as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is superior to theirs. And in between kind of, um, you know, verses 4 and 8, he then talks about obviously who says, you know, Yahud says to the angels, you know, are you my son and all that. But then verse 8 goes on to say, but about the son, he says, your throne O God, will last forever and ever. A scepter of justice will be the scepter of your kingdom. And, you know, reading that, you see that Jesus is set far above all creation in a place of majesty, honor, glory, finished work. But when I read Hebrews 1, you know, verse 4 got me thinking, You know, got me thinking, what is this superior name the son has inherited? You know, and the first name is the name Jesus. You know, Jesus, when we say Jesus, it's the Greek form of the Hebrew name Yeshua or Joshua, Joshua in English. And it means the Lord is salvation. Jesus is our redeemer. And I just want to read from Philippians 2, verse 8 to 11. It says, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The second name is the title. It's actually a title. It's the title Lord. Remember when I talked about Isaiah 6 and I showed you kind of the Lord with a small O-R-D and the 
the capital O-R-D. Well, this is the Lord with a small O-R-D there. Um, And it's the supreme title given to God in the Old Testament. And it really means Adonai, the sovereign one, the supreme over everything. Um, The third name is Lord, Yahweh. And that's the sacred name of God that was used in the burning bush. And I mean, especially kind of with the Hebrews, they kind of transliterate, they, they kind of make just the three words, the four words there, Y-H-W-H, is kind of what they say. But when you articulate it, it is Yahweh. And this, you know, um, it, 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 you know, I think the point I'm trying to say there is that Lord, that's the name of God. Lord, L-O-R-D, small letters, capitals, is his title. Adonai was reserved for God, but in the New Testament, it was given to Jesus, okay? So basically, when we're now saying Jesus, Lord, we're thinking about, when we think about God, you know, Adonai, in the Old Testament, in there. And remember, the Bible says he's the king of kings, he's the Lord of lords. So he's gained a title that was initially, or before that, reserved just for God, okay? The supreme and sovereign of the heavens. So when I looked at it, I thought, I'm like, these, you know, these are the names that kind of God has um, inherited. Uh, sorry, Jesus has kind of inherited. And I think what I then really, you know, personalizing that, going back to Exodus 3, and think, and, and, and where it says there, um, it's, it, 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 it says that um, God said to Moses, verse 14, God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. Verse 15, God also said to Moses, say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. The name you shall call me from generation to generation. I got, you know, I've, I am that I am. You know, we, I know we hear that a lot. We say that a, a lot, but I am, what does it mean? Um, and, you know, when we say I am, it signifies existence. And I remember in January of this year, I attended uh, a speaking with confidence workshop. One of the activities was we had to walk around the room like we had a tail, you know, the back of our, yeah. And then we would look at the audience and I wouldn't take my eyes off until I make sure that you've connected with me. So I'll probably do it on the, on the front row. Okay, I'm not supposed to be smiling as well. I am Falake, and I am here. So that was kind of what it was, you know? <laughs> I guess the, the idea was you kind of present, your, you make them know that you exist, that you're present, you have a right kind of to be there, you build your confidence. But God doesn't really have to do that, you know? He doesn't have to come around to that and say, He is, you know, He is, um, and... Um, He's, he's the all-sufficient. Just a few things I've said there. You know, he's the all-sufficient. He's all-independent. The beauty about it is that, you know, when the Hebrews say that to, he's to be, which is what it is, you know, I am, it's also his relational. So as it says there, he does it in the active. He expresses himself in active being. And you see that when he was talking to Moses, he's relational. He's constant. He's covenant-keeping. You know, it's not just the fact that he is, but he is and he wants to be seen in your light. He wants to be manifest in your life. So he wants people to see and to be able to see that the I am is in control and is working in, in, this, in his life. And, um, you know... Uh, 
it goes on to say there that Jesus went said, very truly I tell you, before Abraham was born, I am. Right? Jesus is. He is the being. He's the relational there. Um, you know, at this point, I want to share with you, um, you know, how the names of God, how I've used the names of God in prayers when I face very difficult um, challenges. Now, we moved to Durham in 2020. And since we moved to Durham, when we were coming to Durham, I actually didn't know about Durham before that. I actually had to Google and say, oh, that's a nice place, <laughs> kind of in. And, but we felt that the Lord had brought us to Durham. You know, we felt that there was something God wanted us to do. We didn't quite know what it was, but we felt, you know, that this was the place to be. And we were enjoying our time in, in, in Durham. In 2020, one of our kids was very ill, very ill. Um, we tried managing at home for a while. We couldn't really do that. We couldn't see the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, and, um, you know, the, the child was in hospital for three, uh, uh, three months, um, you know. Um, and um, at a point, I got hold of this word cloud. And I began to pray. And I would say, Jehovah Rohi. And that means the Lord is my shepherd. You are known as Yahweh Rohi. And I'm going to try and get hold of it here. And, you know, Psalm 23 verse 1. And I will sometimes read Psalm 23. And I would say, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely, and this is something Nigerians say a lot, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Hallelujah. I would go on and I would say, Elohim, Supreme One, Mighty One, you're the living God. Jehovah Shalom, you send peace. This is the name Gideon gave you when, the, when he erected the altar on the spot at opera where the angel appeared to him. El Elohim, you are God most high. Jehovah Sabaoth, you are the Lord of hosts, you are the Lord of armies. El Shaddai, you are God Almighty. Jehovah Rapha, you are the God who heals. You bore our sins on your body on the cross that we might die to sin and live for righteousness. By your wounds we have been healed. Yahweh, you bring into existence whatever exists. Adonai, you are master, you are Lord, you are sovereign over all, over everything. You are Jehovah Mikadash, you are my sanctifier, you are Jehovah Nishi. Moses built an altar and named it, the Lord is my banner, the great general, the perfect protector, the Lord was with them. Jehovah Jireh, you provide, you see, you perceive. And I think with this one, I really, really hold on to God. And I say, you see and you experience all this need of mine. And guess what? You make provision for it. Jehovah Shekinu, you are the Lord, my righteousness. In his days, Judah will be saved and Israel will dwell safely. Now this is his name by which he will be called. The Lord, our righteousness. The name speaks of the fact that God will always do what is right. 
because he is righteous. And then I will go to Exodus 9.27, where Pharaoh sent and called for Moses and Aaron, and he said to them, I have sinned this time. The Lord is righteous, and I and my people are wicked. Psalm 129 verse 4. The Lord is righteous. He has cut asunder the cords of the wicked. Psalm 24 verse 7 to 10, which I know Andrew gave one week or two ago. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be lifted up, you everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O ye gates. Lift up you everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He's the King of glory. Jehovah Shammah. The Lord is there. All around shall be 18,000 cubits, and the name of the city from that day shall be called The Lord is there. The Lord is there. Our God is already in our tomorrow. He knows what my future looks like and he has complete control over it. Jeremiah 29, 29 verse 11 tells us that Jehovah Shammah says, For I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. And I will read Psalm 126. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dreamed. Our mouths were filled with laughter, our tongues with songs of joy. Then it was said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us, and we are filled with joy. Restore our fortunes, Lord, like streams in the Negev. Those who sow, and this is really where I hold on, and I say, those who sow, because I'm really sowing in tears. Those who sow with tears will reap with songs of joy. Those who go out weeping, crying, carrying seed to sow, will return with songs of joy, carrying sheep with them. God came through for us. And again, again, hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm conscious of the time. I'm conscious of the time. In 2021, remember I had said that we felt that we were, to, we were meant to be in Durham. In 2021, my husband faced a very difficult and unexpected challenge. If it, isn't for, if it was not for God, I'm certain I wouldn't be here giving this, um, sharing this message today. Um, we would have been destroyed, really. We would have, you know, been... We, we probably would have had to leave kind of Durham then. Members of my M Commoner, you know, parts about this. They prayed. They were, they were really supportive, um, praying for us. Um, we held on to the names of God. We held on to the promises of God. Um, again, my word cloud came in, you know, very handy. Um, in particular, we held dearly to the truth of Psalm 37, verse 5 to 6 which says, and I would say this again and again to Kunle, commit your ways to the Lord, trust in him, and he will do this. He will make your righteousness reward shine like the dawn, your vindication like the noonday sun. God came through for us, through the pain, and it wasn't just Kunle that had that pain, the whole family, through the pain, God gave him multiple opportunities. And people would say, how can you still, you know, how can you still be, smiling and like this with what you were going through. And he had the opportunity to minister. He had even had the opportunity to be involved in a podcast where they asked him about his faith and he was able to share that. And it's like God has done those things that we've done in there. His vindication is like the noonday sun. It's like God has had mercy 
And everything that the devil tried to steal, God has restored it. And I know when we were praying this morning, we know it's just the beginning. Why do I share all these things with you? It's so that you know that no matter what you are going through, Jehovah Jireh, he sees, he experiences what you go, and he makes provision for you. And he's Jehovah Shammah, he is there. So lean on him, draw from him, hold on to his promises. I want to, I want to ask the band uh, up at this point uh, in there. And as the band comes up, what I want you to think about is here, to just pause here. And think about the I am statements. You know, God says to you, to personalize it and says to you, I am for your situation. And I want you to think about what is that situation that you're going through right now? What name of God speaks to that situation? And I want you to make do business kind of with God and tell him, Lord, this is the situation. This is what your name says about that situation. And I'm going to trust you and hold on to you because I know you are seated on the throne. You see me. You provide for this and you make a way kind of and for that. So, you know, whatever the situation, remember God is I am. Jesus has won the victory. He's the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. His throne is forever. He is righteous. And guess what? No matter what you're going through, he will always do what is right. He is righteous. I just want to encourage us to just stand up, you know, and just do business with God. And just tell him, tell him what that situation is. Tell him what that, you know, whatever it is that you're going through. As I was preparing for this um, message as well, two things kind of came to mind as well. The first is that the name, well, the, the first is really an anointing. And I was thinking to myself, Lord, it's not like we're going to have oil, you know, or anything like that. But let's set ourselves apart. If you do not, or two things, if you do not have Christ in your heart, make business with him and ask him to come into your life, to change you. And then for those of us who know him, let's set ourselves apart. Don't see that just King Charles just been anointed yesterday, that you are a child of God. See yourself also as being set apart for God. Determine as you go back into your business or whatever you do, you're going to be set apart for God. You're going to be on fire for God. As we move into, in two weeks' time, into the other auditorium, let's determine that we are going to take Christ with us wherever we go. And the other thing I heard was the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they are safe. So if you are looking for a tower today, the name of the Lord, all those names that we've talked about, it's a strong tower. What's a strong tower? It's a place of safety, of security. Run into it and be safe.